Welcome. You are about to enter the Wooniverse. In five, four, three, two, one. Transport complete. Come inside a mystical, magical portal between worlds. Having an experience of your soul and weaving the sacred back into the everyday. Where playful curiosity leads the way and beyond. If you just enjoy, embrace money and appreciate it, more money will come. You won't believe the ahas that come up in every single conversation. It's this tiniest thing that you do that has a huge, huge uh-huh. result. I can't wait to explore this enchanting space with you. Well, I always think the best is yet to come. I never think it's behind me. I always think it's ahead of me. Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast coming to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine. Hi there, and welcome to Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine. I'm Connie Deletti, your executive producer, and with me today is Julie Fink, our producer and content editor. Welcome, Julie. Hey, hey, Wooniverse. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so if you're wondering, where did Colette go? Well, she just wrapped her annual and supremely transformational event, Oracle Palooza Virtual, also known affectionately as OPV. And she's making her way back home. So here we are, your Wooniversal tour guides for this week. We're going to take you for a little spin around the Wooniverse from a producer's point of view and share with you some of the most memorable moments we experienced from behind the scenes. We love each of these episodes equally. Yes, totally equally. And we have spent hours listening and editing and listening again. (laughs) To each guest and Colette, just soaking in all of the woo. So much woo. So much woo. So sit back, relax, and come with us for a ride on Inside the Wooniverse. So this is episode 86. It is amazing to believe that we have literally produced 86 episodes, one a week for the last 86 weeks. What? That is amazing. Connie, as the executive producer, you have also been a co-host and you've been on some of the Wood Squared episodes. You're featured in the Tea Time After Party and people do like have a little familiarity with your voice. So I'm so glad to to be here with you today. Well, I am really extra glad to be here as well. And we don't hear your voice enough. So oh. <laughs> this is now. You do in the credits. Well, yes. I do the credits That's every right. episode. <laughs> That's right. And this is like a dream job. Just want to highlight that. You know, Colette brought us on it board, really right? Like in 2021, the very, very end of the, the year. And we started hitting the ground running with, you know, development and getting kind of all our ducks in the road. Julie and I had never met before, Right. Um, right. So we got to be fast friends and like basically partners. We had to just jump in and go, okay, like, let's do this. And yeah, right? yes. And then so when Colette, she's in Oracle Palooza right now and we're like, hey, like we wanted to offer a best of episode and kind of put the producers on the mic. And she was like, go for it. We were like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I cannot wait. So let's dig in. Okay. I feel one thing that we need to let our listeners in on is that- yeah. I have a Virgo moon and you're a double Virgo. So oh, if yes. you want to talk spreadsheets behind the scenes <laughs> and doc and word docs and like scheduling, scheduling, calendar invites, oh, highlighting. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are on it. And that is, Absolutely. right, that's how we roll. And we love yes. to have that organization in place. So that, And so, of course, in that fashion, we have a document and scripts and a spreadsheet to kind of take you down memory oh, yeah. lane and script it a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. And if anybody ever wants to be an audio nerd and talk Pro Tools right. plugins, give me a call. <laughs> exactly. So I see on the list here, Julie, the first clip is one that you've identified from Colin Bedell. Yes. Um, Colin Bedell is one of my favorite uh, guests from the season. And I just have an, a love for astrology. And we had so many great astrologers on Inside the Wooniverse. Um, this clip is never heard before. It was part of the bonus material and didn't make it on the actual episode, but it's actually Colette and Colin Bedell talking about hope. And you know, it was interesting and back in March, um, I had done a reading for the month. Like I do a reading for the month ahead. And the whole reading was all about hope. It was about coming together and hope. And it is what we have seen, you know, that there's a galvanizing of forces, certainly, you know, in the month of March, uh, that people have come together to help other people in a way that I haven't seen in a long time, you know, and, and that the concept of hope was not necessarily connected to a certain outcome. It was more just to keep it alive, period. It's like a flame. You just, you just keep trusting that there is something good in humanity that comes together in times of tremendous turmoil. And that's what I think is going on right now too. Because I was like, so, you know, anytime I know I can help somebody, I'm feeling more hopeful. Like, what could we do? And, you know, it brings you out of that selfish, ambitious bubble. And to, to think about sharing and caring as your number one priority, as opposed to just making and doing and producing. Okay. Where's it going to go, right? You know what? You better lay yeah. the law down, cancer. Okay? That's what I need to hear today. <laughs> and I honestly believe that there is a quality of us feeling like we can maintain hope right now. You know, I, I love the work of uh, C.R. Snyder, who was a researcher on hope. And he and his researchers really believe that certainty is not a prerequisite for hope and there's never a bad time no. for hope. C.R. Snyder, mm -hmm, he developed a whole framework around hope that hope is a, is a function of three things, pathways, goals, and agency. And so if we have the ability to set realistic goals and have the capacity to believe in ourselves and then develop particular pathways to get there, it's a three-way model that sustains hope and momentum. You better lay the law down, cancer. <laughs> that I was, love his yeah. accent. It's so yeah. adorable. I love it. And yeah. my biggest takeaway from that is that there are actionable steps that you could take to support being hopeful. I just love them. So I hope you really enjoyed that clip. Oh, I love that. I love that clip. I hope, yes, I hope all our listeners do too. And if you want to listen to Colin's full episode, um, he's season one, episode eight. So, um, but I also see on this little clip list we made, you also identified a blooper. Colin and Colette's blooper was also one of my favorite moments from Inside the <laughs> yes. Universe. It was one of those things where Colette cannot stop laughing. Oh my gosh, like you get, I remember You get that. the giggles yeah. and it just, you just rolls with it. And with Colette, it's super adorbs because she snorts <laughs> when she gets on a roll. Well, let's listen. I, re I remember that so vividly. Want to take a listen? Yes. And just to set up the clip, Colin ends up moving as a youngster from Long Island down to the South. And this is him telling a story of interacting with astrology with the locals in the South. 
Yeah, and then when I back to the South and the funny kind of cultural idiosyncrasies there, I would ask people like, oh, what's your sign? And they would say, I'm a Christian, so we don't believe in that. I'm a Christian, I'm a that's Christian. my <laughs> That's my sign. That's my sign. <laughs> I was like, okay. God bless. God bless. I know. <laughs> anyway. Oh, don't make me laugh. Sorry. Okay. All right. Let's get a little more serious. Now. Yeah, right. We're grounding. All right. So how did the discovery <clears throat> of astrology change, change you in some way? Oh Mark, Mark wants me to say the question again. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm glad oh, that you have to. <laughs> oh, my God. You are so funny. But you can't get through without laughing. I, I love have it. To. Wait, I got to get it over. I got to get the whole yeah, thing. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Normal now. Okay, normal, normal, normal. Think of sad things, sad things. Okay. Sad, depressing. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm like, is she going to laugh again? (laughs) Okay. Wow. Yes. I forgot that was so funny. That was a little laugh, giggle. I love her little snorts, and they just sounded like they had so much fun. And I had so much fun listening to that episode and editing that episode. I was just crying, laughing at the entire time. So, Connie, I am a big Mm -hmm. fan of Yellowstone, and one of my favorite characters is Casey from that television series. He is so cute and handsome and my favorite, and I love him so much. And his name in real life is Luke Grimes. And I was flipping through Netflix the other day, and I saw him in this new movie. And the Mm -hmm. movie was called Happiness for Beginners. And it's with Mm -hmm. um, Ellie Kemper, Ellie Kemper, who who played Aaron in The Office. Okay. And she's yep. one of my favorite comedians. Anyways, it's this very cute, like, comedy drama. But I was really surprised to see him in it because he's such a serious dude in um, in Yellowstone. But in this, it's, like, way more happy. And it's, it's just a really good feel-good movie. And mm-hmm. Happiness for Beginners, they talk about studying what makes people happy. And it made me think about the episode that we did with Robert Holden where he goes in and actually talks about the happiness project that he conducts like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with, I think the BBC, I'm not hundred percent sure you have to, it's in the actual episode, season two, episode 38. And I just love this clip. So I trained really in psychology and sociology, psychotherapy, counseling, you know, for six years. In that time, I had one lecture on happiness. Wow. Okay, just one. Just one. And actually, um, in that lecture, happiness was dismissed as um, a pleasant emotion with no evolutionary value. No. Yeah. It, no kidding. A yeah. pleasant emotion that has no evolutionary value. Yeah. Wow. So if you're, if you're happy, great. Uh-huh. Enjoy it but it really has no purpose and no meaning. And therefore, you know, let's get back to the suffering, if you or like. the pathologies, let's get back. right? Yeah, let's back stay to in the, the pathology. Uh-huh. Exactly. And of course, that's a very important part of the work. But the point is, I suppose, is that, you know, my curriculum had a lot of gaps in it. We didn't study happiness. We didn't study purpose. Mm-hmm. We didn't study love. We didn't study um, creativity. We didn't study inspiration. 
No, we didn't study anything. We didn't study meaning. We, we only essentially really looked at people's problems, which again is incredibly important to do, but the focus was entirely on that. Isn't that so crazy? It's really profound. I mean, it's really amazing the just the focus that has been the precedent for when you're studying a certain subject and just the need for things to expand and evolve, you know, and mm -hmm. how like instead of, you know, there's a choice to maybe even studying choice <laughs> because yeah. there's more than just what's in, you know, they can only put so much in a textbook and uh, to Robert's point, there's so many other aspects of psychology and positive psychology that you could be learning about, talking about, and studying. So I love that. And I really didn't realize that until Colette had him on her podcast and he talked about positive psychology and he talked about his focus on happiness and the happiness project. And I encourage everybody to re-listen to that episode. He goes on right after that to explain what your joy compass is and how instead of chasing happiness, you could just follow your joy. It is one of my most favorite episodes that impacted me. I love that. I love that. And also one of my favorite bloopers. Okay, so you pick a card. You say like, what does the universe want us to complete our conversation with today? What else should you and I talk about? Great, yes. All right, so thank you, Universe, for giving us the perfect card to complete our conversation today. You have to pick the card. How do I pick the card? Oh, I thought I asked you if you had the deck. <laughs> oh, I do have the deck, I, but I, have, I don't have it in front of me. Oh, okay, hang on. Mark, do oh. we have the... Hang on, I've got it. I've got it. That's very funny. How do that I is really funny. I have them. <laughs> You've got the deck. I've Good. got the deck. Okay, so just a little just a little, mix little card deck mix up. Very sweet. I have the deck. <laughs> I just don't have it with me. Very sweet. That was very sweet. I love that. So I'd love to share with you um, a, a very memorable moment that was an articulation that Rebecca Campbell, who's the mystic, writer, poet, teacher, healer. Rebecca does an oracle deck maker. I mean, you name it. And now she's also a podcast host. Um, so Rebecca was speaking about the Kronos and Kairos time. And I just want to set this up to say this was memorable to me because the way that she was explaining it just kind of gave, like as a creative person, a, just more substance to and almost like a ancient meaning to how if you get into your flow and with, whether it's spirit, with writing, at, before you do the other type of work that you do, like the more action-oriented work, that work becomes just so much better. So I'm going to roll this clip. Here we go. So, so Kairos is um, it's from the ancient Greeks. There's two different types of time, Kronos time and Kairos time. Kairos time is the space where the sacred resides. It's where time feels to kind of like stretch a little bit. Um, it's where creative ideas come in fully formed. Um, I find when I'm in Kairos time, um, 
my voice actually lowers. It's almost like I mm-hmm. drop more into my body. I slow down a little bit more. Um, you can be in Kairos time when you're with a lover or a friend, or it yep. doesn't have to be like a spiritual practice. Whereas Kronos time um, is like linear time. So it's kind of like, right, got to get this done. Da, 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 da. You know, you need Kronos time to get the bus on time, get the flight on time and all of that kind of stuff. So one's not better than the other. Um, but because my work is all about... Um, like having an experience of your soul and weaving the sacred back into the everyday. And so what I'm really doing in all my work is inviting people to step into Kairos time, which is not to necessarily live there all the time, but when we step in... It's to allow it. The sacred is like properly there, exactly. And to know that it's there, because I don't think any... Well, certainly we are are not taught about that because we're really conditioned to believe that Kronos time is the best. Whereas we need Kairos time to have ideas. Exactly. I think that's so great, Connie. This is a great clip because, again, it's one of those things that I would have never known about this had Colette had such an amazing expert and spiritual leader on her podcast. It's such a useful, knowledgeable tool to have the awareness of how we use our time and how we can really get into a groove or take a rest and how different that is from societal expectations. Rebecca's episode was filled, filled with so many lovely takeaways and new ways of framing, um, whether it was time or sacred space, um, leading a soul-led life. I highly recommend listening to her episode, season two, episode 43. So then we had Lee Harris on, intuitive guide, transformation teacher, and musician. Lee was speaking so articulately about his experience in being a creative, but one of the things I really, really, really stuck with me was when he was speaking about channeling, because the way that he explained and described how it felt the process, what's going on in his body, it was just amazing. I thought I felt like it was so accurate. So I would love to play this clip for you. So do you hear them audit like as an auditory? Completely. But is it inside your head or is it outside? No, it's above and to the left. But when I'm channeling them through my body and they've explained this, they come and sit somewhere between my third eye and my heart. They don't go any lower because they shouldn't. They said, we, you know, we have to leave the rest of his body to him. That's when I'm channeling. Mm-hmm. But when I'm being an intuitive, which is, I always think of it as a few rungs down the ladder. So if my guides have this very cosmic overview where they're removed from the planet right. and they just kind of look at everything from above, when I'm being an energy intuitive, I position myself halfway in the middle. And that is a very feeling experience for me. Uh-huh. It is when I channel too, and they've said they use my feelings to track how the message is uh, landing with people. So. It's interesting. I will feel like a slight tightness in my body about something they're saying, and then they'll change course because Uh the tightness in my body is the relay of how it's being received. So for me as an intuitive, even though words are a huge part of it, it's not like I'm repeating words I hear. I get into a zone where they just flow and my feelings are doing a lot of the work for me, but kind of invisibly without me really tracking my own feelings or Mm -hmm. understanding the process when I'm in it. Oh, that's so fascinating. I love this. 
I also found it fascinating because yes. uh, the way that Lee describes it, it was so visceral the way that Lee was describing it. I could really feel what he was saying and I do some channeling myself and it was just like, wow, that's exactly, you're really pinpointing what it feels like. And to anybody who's curious about channeling and how does that even work, Lee, I feel, did an excellent job. What do you think, Julie? Well, what made me think of that clip was because I know that you are a very talented channeler and we'll be like mid-sentence and all of a sudden you'll start coughing and you'll be like, oh, Julie, your, your grandmother's coming in to say hello. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so interesting because I think it's a very sensory experience. And for you, yeah. sometimes you get a little yeah. tickle in your throat. And I think it's different for everybody, but for Lee to explain it in the way that he did, you could feel it in your body and the different sensory experiences that you can totally. have. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, like what Lee would say if you were to ask him, what's with the tickle in my throat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of channelers, Sean Leonard, medium author and founder of Spirit Talker, who was part of our I Talk to Dead People miniseries where um, Colette was able to speak specifically on mediumship for amazing mediums from around the world. He's known as the indigenous medium. I believe he's from Canada, up in your woods. Is that correct? He's on the east coast of Canada, yeah. And I particularly was mind blown in his episode. I loved every single episode in the I Talk to Dead People series, but- Just can I say as well, every episode was so fantastically amazing and insightful. Yes, it was. Each of them brought their own unique gems. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend going back and listening to I Talk to Dead People. But with Sean Leonard, what was particularly unique to me was that he brought in these clips that he has on his YouTube. Mm -hmm. He has his His own YouTube YouTube channel. channel where he goes out into places where he feels there's extra paranormal activity and he brings an EVP, yes, which is an electronic voice print or an electronic voice phenomena. He's able to capture voices of spirits that are or what he calls earthbound spirits. Mm-hmm. So earthbound spirits, they're kind of like stuck on the earth plane and Sean helps them cross over. I have one clip that was in the episode of Sean capturing the EVP of a pirate. And then I also brought other clips that didn't make it onto the actual episode. Ooh, bonus clips, okay. Bonus clips. Let's roll. Yeah, I've got some really, if on my YouTube channel, I have like some really good clear voices. Wow. Uh, different, like I went out doing earthbound spirit investigations, just different levels of energy. There's my guides are on there. You can hear them talking to me, giving me guidance about this. I, I, got, a, I got a pirate on there. Uh, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm probably the only person in the whole world that's actually heard a legitimate pirate. Oh, wow. Well, we actually have a couple of voices that you recorded. Okay, everybody, let's take a listen. Well, this next clip is, like I said, at Point Pleasant Park, there were some pirates, and there's one pirate in particular that I connected to named Edward Jordan. Uh, he came through, and it's I got a, his voice uh, on our digital recorders that I never heard. But when we listened to it on the digital recorder, you could hear it very clearly. And it's so cliche of a pirate. It's just a click, and it goes, <laughs> It's kind of funny, but you never thought, you know, that you would hear a pirate really like that. But if, apparently the cliche is true. <laughs> All right, let's have a listen. Uh, 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 
Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Um, and then this next clip is, I thought is really cool. Sean is explaining like the importance of helping. Like to me, I didn't realize the depth of the work that he does and, and that other mediums do to help mm. yes. spirits go to the other side, be able to transition. And here he is on his YouTube channel explaining with his guide, Victoria, how mm. important she is as his protector and how important it is to help these nasty pirate spirits <laughs> to be able okay. to go back to the other side, go towards the light. Now, I, when I do this work, and I, and I think a lot of people are aware that we all have like a guardian angel or a protectorate uh, or a spiritual guide. Now, my guide, when I do all this work uh, with spirits helping them get to the light, she helps me. Her name is Victoria. And I've gotten her voice uh, because of the fact of the work that I do. Uh, she really has to protect my, my arse. Because <laughs> some of these guys aren't very nice. If you can imagine a 300-year-old pirate that is, uh, he's probably killed a few people in his days. There's a reason why he's been hung. Uh, that uh, he, uh, him coming around is not always going to be very nice. He's, they're usually very nasty, sometimes very nasty people. And, you know, they're just a little misunderstood. And then, you know, they still need help to get to where they need to go and help them realize that they need to let go of their ego and let go of their the reasons why they've kept themselves from the light because that's really the big thing, is it? And uh, my guide uh, actually uh, uh, says one thing in one of these other EVPs where she says, off, Sean, because she's protecting me, <laughs> which is good because I really like her protection when I'm doing this work, so. That's Victoria, right? Victoria, yeah. I didn't have to. Speak to us, let us hear your voice. Yeah. I didn't empty it. Speak to us. Let us hear your voice. Did you hear yeah, what off, Sean, she said? Off, Sean. That's really intense off, to Sean. hear her speaking. <laughs> yeah. The, there's another one where he went to a mass cholera burial site, but I did not, not include there. that okay. one on this. No, no, that is... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for wrapping it with Victoria. <laughs> Love that she's protecting Sean. His work is really important. Really important. Okay, we had to take a little pause, Connie, but before we go to break, I want to go out with one of my favorite bloopers. This one is where Colette swallows a bug. Next level. <laughs> we have to take a little break. We will be right back after this blooper. We're going to take a little break now, and when we come back, we're going to switch gears and enter another dimension of the universe. Oh, <coughs> oh my god! I think I swallowed a bug. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. One of those I'm little freaking. Oh, that little ne like midge. We have those, those little, little midges, midges in here. Oh my god. Hey, oh, get oh, some I water. Swear to God. <coughs> Ew. Well, that was hilarious. Welcome back. You're here with Connie and Julie walking you down a super stellar and cosmically amazing memory lane. Um, before we get back into sharing even more memorable moments with you, we would love to send a huge thank you to each of you, our very loyal listeners. Thank you for all of your love, your ratings, your reviews, your subscriptions and downloads and comments and shares and all the things. But we're also thrilled to share with you that you, our beautiful listeners, tune in from over 150 countries around the world. And Julie, 
Right now, I'd actually love to shout out some of the countries who have one singular listener tuning in to join us. Oh my gosh, please. So thank you to the person listening in Cabo Verde, Oman, Madagascar, Papua New Guinea, Togo, and Eswatini. Yes, I wish <laughs> I knew so your awesome. names, but like if you want, email me oh at podcast gosh. at com, and we'll say your name. What or we up, will show Oman, you out some way. Papua <laughs> New Guinea, Togo. That is so awesome. It's I amazing. love that. And to have 150 countries around the world is astounding. Like truly. Yeah. So the next clip is by Angel Depara from season two, episode 35, Prosperity by Design and Feng Shui Mastery. I think, Connie, that both you and I can agree that this was both one of our favorites that we enjoyed reflecting on even after you had recorded Angel. I remember you messaging me and being like, wow, this was such a fantastic um, episode that we just recorded. And so this one that I chose, this clip, is called Fine-Tuning Your Future. Do you want to play it? Physics is a, a study. We know that our past determines our future, or influences our future. But now in physics, there's proof and that our future determines our past. Oh, yeah, I love that. Okay, and then you start thinking about it. How can it be the future if the future hasn't taken place yet? No, that, that takes place all the time. It's called a strategy or a plan. What you wished or planning to do, that's a marker that you threw out into the future. You know, you want to live in this state or you want to do this tomorrow. Well, that energy or that marker is, you know, it's tied to this current situation right now. Mm -hmm. So if it's a wrong marker, you're going to know right away because you start experiencing obstacles. Uh -huh. And if you fine-tune that strategy, the current situation aligns itself toward the future. And then it removes those obstacles. Isn't that so fantastic? Mm -hmm. Oh, love, Angel. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing about accessing the future in the present moment. Well, and I love how he says you're throwing out markers. And I feel like that's what I'm doing all the time. Whenever mm -hmm. I'm creating something and I'm like jotting it down on a post-it, it may be such a small thing, but after hearing that explanation of what fine-tuning your future is, I feel like when I put down or jot down an idea in my journal or on a post-it, I'm actually throwing out a marker and fine-tuning my future. That is exactly what he's saying. It's amazing. Even, like you said, the smallest gesture is creating a big impact eventually over time. He really creates such a beautiful bridge between feng shui and a lot of the kind of mystical unknown aspects of feng shui. It just, is, it just seems like such a fascinating uh, practice. And then he really brings it to you in very concrete, actionable steps and, and connections. For example, the, I have a clip where Angel makes a connection between the choices that you're making and how your environment is either supporting those choices or actually working against you. For me, successful person is an individual that has the ability to execute their desires. Right. Yes, okay. I get it. So a successful person versus an unsuccessful person is when they make their choices. An unsuccessful person is making choices based on fear mm -hmm. and mainly and when negative circumstances take place. 
So then that means that their next location reflects that energy. Right. In their feng shui. So when I get to their house, I go, oh, did you lose your job right prior or right after this? And they go, oh, yes. How do you know that? A successful person makes choices when things are going well in their life. So right after or right before they get that promotion, right after or right before they had that baby, you know, things like that. That's when they're making choices. And then their environment reflects that. And then the next thing that happens is that you locked in that energy. Can you imagine? Right. Can you imagine having a property that means, you know, like I tell people, you win the lottery or something really, really good happens in your life. That's the moment you got to make major lifelong decisions in your life. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Because then you're... You can't deny you, you have good luck, right? Right. So you're, whatever you're buying is going to trap that energy in there. And now that energy is going to help you make further decisions going forward. So there's what you're suggesting then is that there's a correlation between your choices and how your environment either supports or detracts a way to bring you into that place so that you can have that experience. Correct. So what I find so fascinating about this is that you're living your life and then there's a certain energy flow and then your environment starts to reflect the energy you're in. But then that environment starts not only reflecting and then affecting the energy that you're in. And so, and then it's like a cycle until that, I don't know, consciously you break it or you you say, okay, I got to shift some, physically shift some things around to shift and influence that energy. The idea then that Angel presents is that you can then, if things are, of course, going well. Lock in the luck energy. But <laughs> if you want to lock in the luck energy, it's like, okay, things are going well, locking it in. And sustaining it, allowing that little cycle to be locked in. It's like, I didn't even know that was a possibility. That's in that way. And that's... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I also remember him explaining, he goes on to explain like the bottleneck energy. And sometimes he said, you, you can be working on something so big that the environment that you're in will not allow... It, it does not have the energy to, the capacity to hold what you're creating. Yeah. So you get like this bottleneck energy and then that's when you kind of feel stuck. And then you end up moving. Yes, I felt And that. then you end up moving yes. and then things start opening up for you. And just the way that he explains the relationship between your environment, your energy and your choices is genius. It's And it's so true. I, I can even just look back into my own life and the times that I've moved. It's like I've gotten to a point where I just felt like it's time to move. Like it's time for me to move to a different place. And it was just truly like, again, that cycle kind of coming to a point where it was time to change it. Yeah, it was absolutely. Time to change that it. and also jobs, relationships. Like you're, if Which you're I think in a job- part of the cycle. Yes. That's part of a cycle yes. though. That is, right? Like you've locked something in. So if you're moving somewhere, for example, and you're, it's uh, like on an upswing and you're moving somewhere, you're going to school, you're starting a new job, it's an upswing. And then you, it, that's the time to find that next place you're going to be at, where you're going to be, what's the strategy, right? Yes. All of these things building on each other yes. and then being in that flow. But then and if something affects that, whether it's the environment or you affecting the environment, then that environment will come back to affect you. And uh, very powerful stuff. 
Love Christine Michelle. She joined us for season two. She talks a lot about manifestation and I really love what she had to say in relation to the quantum and how it lives inside of us. So I'm just going to roll this clip. What I like to do, let's simplify quantum. Like, I won't take you to quantum physics class, even though I love to geek out on that Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) But let's just keep it simple. What if you could see that everything, every situation, every circumstance is all available to you, all happening at once? And it's all at a frequency, right? And so it's kind of like a radio dial where you can turn, you have this radio that is capable of playing thousands and thousands of stations, but you know, you get to turn your serious radio or your radio dial, depending on who you are, (laughs) to a specific channel to say, hey, I want to hear hip hop or I want to hear pop or I want to hear country. I want to hear this. And you get to turn the dial to specific things. And so if you knew in the quantum, right, and if if we knew that quantum is within us, right, did what did I say? God Uh is within us and all around us. Within the quantum is every single possibility, all of your desires. And really, all you are being asked to is to match the frequency of the whatever you desire. Right. You know? Mm. And so where quantum manifestation comes in, I... People think quantum means like a big leap. It doesn't. Right. It's tiny, tiny, tiny. It's this tiniest thing that you do that has a huge, Uh huge result. Okay? So it's not like I have to, oh, effort and move. No. Quantum leap happens in the tiny, tiny steps. But it's all about the energy that you are being when you take those tiny steps. Does that make sense? I specifically remember when I was creating the title for this episode, um, becoming a super receiver and powerhouse creator, because that's what Christine Michelle reminds me of. She is just a powerhouse, and she totally nailed the perfect language, I feel, for what taking a quantum leap is like and gives an actual example. Yeah, and how she—I love the part of this clip where— Christine reminds us that God is within us and around us and the matrix and whether you want to call it the quantum, the matrix, et cetera, that all, like, we are all connected and every little, little steps create those quantum shifts or, you know, big and small shifts. And that allows us to feel like, you know, we, well, when you think about what she's saying, it's that it's not about the effort and output. It's about the feeling and vibration. And that we can create with ease when we remind ourselves that when we're influencing the quantum or vice versa, that it is about the tiny steps that build and build into the bigger shifts. Yes. And the the clip that I chose for this episode, um, because this also was one of my favorites, is when she says, your desires are inevitable. That blew me away. And it, I kind of use it as one of my mantras from now on in life because it was so great. You get to know that the desire inside your heart is inevitable. Like the desire wouldn't come from you, from either God within you, sugar daddy, however you want to call it, source. It wouldn't come from within you if it wasn't already yours and you just get to receive it. I also love how she says sugar daddy. like That the universe is our sugar daddy? There, Yes, there is a infinite intelligence out there that you could just constantly have access to 
like gems and amazing ideas and kindness and greatness and love and compassion and you name it. It is like the ultimate sugar daddy, the ultimate sweetness mm-hmm. of life. And that no matter what, you receive ideas and you receive different things, like that's just for you. So it's gonna happen eventually. Your desires are inevitable. Don't give up. Keep going, you know? Love it. Yeah. So great. We were so lucky to have Indigenous medicine healer Asha Frost with us um, in our first season. I remember she was one of the first couple episodes that we recorded and she's a lovely, lovely person. She's also a very powerful healer. She runs like her own healing circles and mentorship programs. And I love what she had to say when um, Asha spoke about her journey with lupus and how that condition coming in, actually she identified it from a different ancestral timeline. So I'm just going to play this clip. Think that we're made up more of the sum of our parts, right? We are body, mind, and spirit. And the emotional story is probably what I love to dig into the most, like just to really get to that level. And even the spiritual or ancestral story, I know this lupus is beyond this timeline. I know it's beyond, it's part of the history of some intergenerational trauma that flows through my body. I know it's part of some ancestral pain that I have somehow chosen, I don't know why, to move through my physical body. So I do believe that it goes so deep. And if we're not connecting to our emotional selves or our spiritual selves, we're missing so much of the wholeness of who we are. So I believe our physical bodies are very important too. It just, it really is, it's almost like the medicine meal. Every single part of the season and the cycle is important and every part of ourselves is equally important. Um, But I love diving into the emotions. After hearing Asha talk about that, it's just very interesting because you can apply that, you know, to yourself or others that you know and that what have you brought in from an ancestral timeline? Uh, What physical aspects, even just, I think, on a level of bringing in a certain feature of your body or even epigenetically predisposed conditions. I just, it's fascinates me to no end. And when Asha started talking about it, I got really excited. (laughs) Connie, I love this clip as well. Asha Frost episode really impacted me too. And healing beyond our timeline is something that if you're a student of advanced spiritual studies and you want the most compassionate, loving voice, gentle voice to help walk you through something like this, this episode is phenomenal. And I love Colette's response to this because the next clip is Colette and talking to her about the judgment aspect of your healing process. Yeah, you said a very important thing just now. You said the word chosen and you made a joke about it, right? So I think it's important that people... When you think about, oh, I don't know why I chose this, because I chose it, it's that sense of accountability that I'm responsible for this or that I have taken it on without blame. That's very important because in this, you know, sometimes you notice in new age circles, it's like, oh, I manifested this and there's this whole thing about blaming and shaming and naming and all this stuff. When in fact, it's an energy of frequency that can hone us, right? That's, it's like sharpening the the knife. It's not a bad thing when we come in with, mm-hmm. right? It's there. It's it's an invitation to heal. Would you agree with me? Oh my goodness, yes. A, a huge invitation. And I've gotten to the point this past year because I have struggled a lot in my physical body that I've sort of set a boundary to say, 
I've done a lot of this work now. I've shifted a lot for the seven generations to come. I'm not going to move it through my physical body anymore. Like that is, you know, I've, I've had to come to that place where I'm just like, I kind of felt like responsible for a long time to do that. And now I'm like, you know what? I can redirect the energy. I can be the healer of that energy, but I'm not going to move it actually through my physical body. So I think we go on evolution too of being a chosen one and how much we're going to take on and, and how much of that mission we're going to, to step up in the world. But I now want ease and abundance and grace and flow. But I had to come to this point of actually choosing that. Hearing that you could set boundaries with your trauma from Asha was the first time I've ever heard that and it was very relieving. And I just love this clip. So Ken Honda is somebody that Colette connected with this year. He appears in our third season. He's a money expert and he writes books on self-development and he Colette shared he's one of the most famous people in Japan. So we we're really excited when uh, we booked him for the podcast. One of the most memorable moments of Ken's interview was Ken had the opportunity to speak with Wahei Takeda, who is known as the Warren Buffett of Japan. And his practice for staying in the flow of wealth and how it ties directly to gratitude. So let's roll this clip. Why would you ask Warren Buffett if you have like a 30 second private time, you know, with him? What would I ask? Yes. Oh, if I had 30 seconds with Warren Buffett. Yes. Uh, could I get a download of his brain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had this uh, great opportunity to meet uh, Warren Buffett of Japan, who is uh, Wahei Takeda. Later on, he became my mentor. And uh, there are so many people. So I had like 10, 15 seconds, right, at most. And um, I, I said, what is the secret of money? Oh. You know, I, that is the deepest question I could think of at the time when I was younger. And then he said, arigato your money. And then I got pushed out from somebody else from behind. Like, arigato my money? And it's so confusing. And then I started thinking, thank my money. How can I appreciate my money? Mm. Does that mean I should enjoy it? And does that mean that I should welcome it? And later on, a few months later, I had another opportunity to talk with him a little bit deeper. And he said, appreciate your money both coming in and going out. Right. As long as you appreciate it, it appreciates. Mm -hmm. Literally, if you just enjoy, embrace money and appreciate it, more money will come. Because money has a certain secret or code that they talk to each other at night. You know, Colette is a beautiful person. You know, when you go there, you can be a shiny thing on the set headset. Don't you want to go there? Oh yeah, I want... Don't you want to go to Colette? I love it. That's I love the idea. So yeah. think about it. This is fun. It's like a toy story. Right. And then a secret a little gossip about each other. Okay, I think I should go visit Colette. So I'll be having so much fun. Because if you go visit somebody else, it will be stored in a boring safe, you know? It's like, no fun. <laughs> so money will go to a place where action is. So the concept of saying thank you to your money and that money talks amongst itself and the flow and how the flow, more happy flow generates more happy flow. Yeah, the, the sound bite of money goes where action is. Yes, I love that. You know, you can write that down and put that as a marker. 
you know, make that a mantra. Again, like we're constantly in co-creation with the universe and we can create where action is as opposed to ah, that, that, you know, feeling out that situation seems a little boring, seems a little dreadful, seems a little like, eh. and it's like, you know, we just make these choices. And I just love how we have these guests on that can really articulate this for us. Uh, yeah. The clip that I chose next from Ken was um, when everybody wins, happy money pours in. Mm, another great one. Yes, it's a good start, but this book right here with me, uh, Give and Take, it's by okay. Adam, Adam Grant. Uh, oh, you know, okay. There are givers and takers, and uh, yeah. the givers become most successful. But there are two yeah. kinds of givers. One, true givers. They make sure that everybody wins. Right. The other one is a giver who sacrifices uh, his, his or her life. You know, so, That's no good. Yeah, so if you uh, become a right. giver, but who happens to be doing out of sacrifice, you become the target of cons or you right. uh, takers. Yeah, takers yeah. Uh, take you as take a lot from out of you, so they take advantage of you. So I support giving as much as possible, but make sure everybody wins. If you give right. out of sacrifice, you just stay as a good person but no money. Yeah, I'm sure some of your right. parents will act that way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because if you're giving out of sacrifice, you're a martyr. You can become yes. a martyr and never get anywhere, but you've given and you felt better. I totally understand that. So it is, it's giving out of the sake of, you know, I'm gonna do the best that I can and I'll bless this instead of complain, but I can always leave also if, if I'm in a position where I end up sacrificing too much because I'm not winning, it's not winning. Yes, so please make sure that everybody wins. When everybody wins, happy money pours in. Bam, mic drop. That, it's just a mic drop. Yeah. His sound bites are amazing. His one-liners are just It's so true. Off. It's so true. And what he's saying is, because it just hits you. It's just like, wow, how true is that? Like the truth of what Ken is actually saying. Yes, and it's not just like like in business. You can apply this to relationships. You can apply this to you, every aspect of your life. When everybody wins, it all works. You know, it can't, like there has to be an equal share of the energy, whether it's money or love or happiness or whatever it is. It just is a really great message. Yeah, because he's talking about the highest good of all and mm -hmm. applying that in money and applying that, like you're saying, in life, just to everything at every choice point and that we have a choice to do that. And speaking of money, we are gonna go into the next and last of our best of clips from Inside the Wooniverse. And this is Glynis McCants from season two, episode 45. Okay, so Glynis is an expert numerologist. And again, one of those amazing, like, I had no idea the power of numbers and this just blew the lid off for me. And I decided to use the clip where she talks about the 2024 prediction and a big part of it has to do with money. Now, 2024, when you break that down, two plus zero plus two plus four is eight. Eight is about money. So I wonder to say, what what is that? This is what I would tell you. It can be extreme. It means making lots of money or losing lots of money. Right. But the good news about eight, because it is got those two perfect circles, no matter how, if you're 
on the wrong track, you can flip it. Yep. Just remember, I got two circles here. I don't have to live in this one. A example, conflict. If you're fighting with somebody and you're dealing with double eight energy or the eight energy, you can say, I don't have to do this. I can reverse course. I can change this. I can bring peace back. That's great. Because it's a funny thing about when we get in an argument, the minute two people yell, you both lost. You have both lost. So you gotta stop. So if they're going with the yell, you go to a calm place. And remember that the eight invites it. It is about political change. And again, I see that reflected throughout the world. Right. 2024 is about people deciding what matters most, you know? And again, if you talk to me about the energy we're dealing with now, this is the time to step back. When we jump into 2024, it's a time to speak up, but be clear on who you're talking to. It's about choosing your words, Colette. Right. That's another one. Yeah. That, as a matter of fact, I believe healers will thrive in that cycle because people will be looking mm -hmm. to feel better and they're not going to quite necessarily know how to do it themselves. Like books will be great. Like, I don't know if you plan on writing another book, but it would be a smart thing to do because that is the shift that's taking place. Time to write a book, Connie. Time. It's time. <laughs> it's time. Love Glynis and those predictions. And we are, you know, we are just a couple months away from 2024. Yeah, I thought that was cool just to kind of set up that figure eight mm -hmm. energy for next year with the numerology of 2024 and just kind of gearing up mentally and energetically for you know, stepping into a higher version of your life and making those choices and kind of just wrapping up this best of episode of all these amazing clips that mm -hmm. you can kind of like, like puzzle pieces put together. Um, I'm ready to make some good money in 2024. I don't know about you. And these episodes, <laughs> yes, these episodes are so helpful. So yes. helpful. So I'm really glad we were able to kind of go down this memory yeah. lane. And this Me last too. clip from Glennis is during the tea time after party with you and Colette. And Colette asks her if she had a favorite song that mm. would define her, what would that song be? And I just loved her answer. So we can roll that. Okay, I'm the last one I'm going to ask. What song best describes your life, Glennis? A song that describes my life. Oh, um, oh, okay. Ready? Out of the tree of yeah. life, I just picked me a plum. Remember that? And then, um, yes, everything is starting to hum. Yes. Yes. The best is yet to come. That song. Yeah, that right. song. That's beautiful. And it is true. Like, I always think, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, thank you, Heavenly Father, for a new day, but also a chance to do it better and touch more lives. Like, it's that, yeah. so I always think the best is yet to come. I never think it's behind me. I always think it's ahead of me, in front of me. Yeah. Isn't that such a great message? Yes, Glennis has her finger on the pulse, and the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. In perfect harmony with Inside the Universe, do you want to pull a card? just like Colette, to see if there's anything else that the Wooniverse wants to talk about. Absolutely. I love yes. pulling cards. I yes. love, love, love Oracle cards. So here what we go. What deck are you going to be using? I'm going to be using um, Colette's The Dreamweaver's Oracle. It's so beautiful. It's her most recent deck, the artwork, the, the guidebook. I mean, oh, I'm a huge fan. So I'm going to pull a card, but while I'm shuffling, I'm thinking about what else does the universe want to share in this episode? 
there's anything we're missing or if there's anything the universe wants to add in. So here we go. I'm going to pull the card. I pulled number 13, all the willows know your name. Aww. Which is so beautiful. There's like these two hands with eyes in them and this beautiful willow tree. So the meaning of this is being witnessed and seen by another, being understood, the flexibility of healthy relationships and interdependence. So this says, it's such a beautiful feeling to know that you're truly seen by another or a whole community. When you are known, accepted, and witnessed by others, you have a wonderful sense of connection and communication. You feel the grounded safety of belonging. These are the kinds of relationships present in your life now, and they provide you with plenty of room to grow. The sense of connection rises from a space of transparency, honesty, trust, and radical self-acceptance. You naturally invite others to see you as you see yourself in the fullness of your expression. And when you shine, it comes from a true desire to share. And that's compelling and attractive to others who can appreciate you. So like, you know what I think this means? Is that this episode is dedicated to seeing some of the guests that we've had that really were very meaningful to us, but also... It's a way for our, our wonderful listeners. I mean, we see you and we love you so much and we don't really get a chance to come on the mic <laughs> to tell you that. And thank you for holding the space for us because, you know, you tune in for Colette and she's amazing. But for you to tune in today and listen to us share from our kind of backstage point of view, um, it's very meaningful and thank you. So that's what I think it means. And I'm very grateful that we pulled this card. What do you think it means, Yeah, that's, that I was going to say something similar. I feel like Inside the Wooniverse has really created a family mm-hmm. of like-minded, like-hearted, soul-led that really were on the same note and we all sing the same heart song. And I second your gratitude in being able to come on here and be thankful for our listeners because without our listeners, this wouldn't be possible. And it just is such an amazing ride. So before we head off into the final segment, let's do a little housekeeping. Um, If you'd like to read a transcript of this episode, this might sound a little familiar, or to view links to everything we've highlighted here today and so much more, head over to our show notes page at itwpodcast.com, or you can click the link in this episode's description. And don't forget to tune in next week when Colette is back in her host chair interviewing Dan Mangena. I can hardly wait. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Julie Fink. And I'm Connie Deletti. Be well. Woohoo! Inside the Wooniverse is a production of Wooniversal Network Studios. A special thanks to our recording engineer, Chris Dupuis, executive producer, Connie Deletti, story editor, Julie Fink, and audio post-production by Lonnie Carmichael. Original theme music written and performed by Michael Seifert at Summa Recording. Original music Truth Begins is by Colette Baron-Reed and Eric Ross. And all other music is courtesy of APM Music. Keep up to date on episode releases, giveaways, and special offers by signing up for Colette's newsletter at itwpodcast.com forward slash newsletter. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us next time for another episode of Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine.